Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Boll, Director of Public Affairs. We just wrapped up our YFNR conference down at Tantara at the Lake of the Ozarks and had a great time, about 600 people down there. Had a lot of uh, good speakers and wonderful breakout sessions. Uh, had a, a lot of um, good people that were moving off of the committee, but some great people coming on to the committee for the next year. So it was great to see everyone there. We're going to give you a little bit of an update of what's going on in Missouri agriculture this week, starting off with B.J. Tanksley. B.J. Tanksley is our Director of State Legislative Affairs, and as usual, we've got quite a bit going on this week over at the State Capitol here in Jeff City. B.J., appreciate you joining us. What's going on this week in your world? Yeah, thanks a lot. Looking forward to another busy week in the Capitol. Um, Starting this afternoon, the uh, Senate Ag Committee will hear Senator Schott's bill relating to the uh, Missouri Clean Water Law. Um, That bill aims to ensure that the non-regulated community continues to stay that way. Um, It it helps Missouri DNR, as they look towards issues with the clean water law, um, to make sure that those issues that aren't currently regulated through the permitting process, um, that they can stay that way. Uh, Things such as stormwater runoff, agricultural um, irrigation and return flows, making sure that those issues that we see every day um, don't have to go through the DNR permitting process um, and put an extra burden on farmers and agriculture across the state. I think it's a good bill. As we look towards issues that other states have had to tackle, um, it's a way to keep our DNR from having to be drug into issues that they that they currently aren't into now. Uh, we see water law across the nation being a big issue, and this is a proactive step um, to try to protect agriculture moving forward. So, yeah, and that's the way that the Clean Water Act was originally written, is that it was only supposed to regulate those point source um, uh, point sources of, of potential pollutants and not regulate uh, agricultural runoff and things like that. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's a good point to make is we're not trying to make a carve out for agriculture. It's not something that's currently being done. We just want to make it clear that it's not something that we want the DNR getting into. Sure. And last week you had uh, a lot of excitement over at the Capitol with the Long filibuster. Uh, what was that all about? Yeah, so uh, we had an exciting week in the Capitol, although you could say not a lot was getting done at the time, <laughs> but we did have a uh, a 24-hour filibuster. You don't see those every day um, in Missouri's Capitol, although the Senate can slow things down from time to time. A 24-hour filibuster was not unprecedented, but was made a lot of news. Mm-hmm. Um, the bill was relating to utility legislation, um, talking about the regulation of utilities and the ability of our investor-owned utilities um, to invest in their what you would call smart grid or other grid modernization technologies and recoup those costs. The proponents say it was needed to be able to facilitate that investment while the opponents said, well, we're, someone's going to have to pay for that and that would be the people that are paying their utility rates. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, um, sides came together and came to a conclusion that capped the amount to which those rates could be increased while at the same time allowing for that additional investment. The most interesting part of that to me is this is a conversation that's been going on for the better part of 10 years as to how do we facilitate that investment while protecting the the rate payer. Um, It's going to be interesting to see as the bill moves over to the House if they can keep that at the compromise language uh, and allow a bill to actually move to the governor's desk. Uh, I would say that any other changes would would lead to another long conversation in the Senate. Um, but this could be a chance that we put a conversation behind us that's really been uh, slowing things down in the Capitol for several, several years now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that moves forward. 
And just from an overall, um, how does the legislature move? Um, does getting such a big issue behind them this early in session ease up things and really see a lot more movement on the Senate floor uh, than we've seen in the past? Because honestly, this issue, aside from the 24-hour filibuster, has been taking a large time on the, on the Senate floor. Uh, the amount of conversation has been focused on that as well. So Yeah, we do have quite a few other things that we need to get to this year uh, before the session wraps up. and. There's a limited amount of time. It always is a clock that seems to run faster than it should. So yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And it's it's not uncommon to hear somebody say, "While we're talking about this, there's several other issues that we aren't able to be dealing with." Um, so it's uh, interesting to see what happens as we put that one behind us, at least for now. Yeah, and one of the other things that is happening, like you say, that we do need to take a, um, a crack at is the budget and the. Department of Agriculture is working, uh, uh, talking to committee about that, I believe, today, and we have quite a few other uh, items to, to work out before that's done, right? Yeah, so the Missouri Department of Agriculture will be going before the Senate Appropriations Committee this week, talking about their budget, some of the changes that have been proposed, um, and the need for, for their funding. Um, when Missouri Farm Bureau looks at the um, budget, you know, we know that times are tough, but we will be advocating for what, what I call an overall pro-ag budget. So that's not just the Department of Agriculture. We all know that they have a lot of uh, vital roles that they play, whether it's wastes and measures or agri- actual agricultural policy. Uh, we know they play a vital role, and we need to make sure that they are adequately funded, um, but also our higher education, our universities that have the ag schools. You know, that's the pipeline of the next agricultural professionals, and we have to make sure that that funding is adequate as well. Um, another thing that will be a top priority is as we look towards the Department of Agriculture is the biodiesel incentive fund. Um, that's money that's been promised to our, our soybean producers across the state for several years now. Uh, Missouri Farm Bureau would like to see the state go ahead and pay that, um, put that debt behind us as, so we can move forward and, and ease up that funding as we move forward as well. So um, a lot of interesting conversations to be had on the on the budget front, but I do think we'll be advocating for what I call an overall pro-ag budget. So we'll be looking at higher education, the Department of Agriculture, the Biodiesel Incentive Fund, and others um, as an overall pro-ag budget. Great. Well, appreciate you joining us as always and look forward to talking to you again next week. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks. Spencer Tuma is our Director of National Legislative Programs, and as usual, we had quite a bit going on in the past week since we last spoke. Spencer, good to see you this week. What has, uh, what's the biggest news coming out of Washington this week? Well, there's been a lot of big news coming out of Washington. You know, at the end of last week, we did have a short government shutdown <laughs> again. Uh, again, again, and uh, uh, I think that's two in three weeks or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so. You know, they, they only had one shutdown the whole time that Garrett Hawkins worked here. What are you doing in this place? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like to say we're improving the government one day at a time. Right. So I don't know if that's true or not. Anyway, one way or another, yeah. Um, but if you were asleep in your bed for a Thursday night into Friday morning and didn't watch the news, you might not know that the government shutdown even happened. Uh, the Funding expired at midnight, and then they reopened the government at about 5.30 a.m. Eastern mm-hmm. time. So it was really only about five and a half hours that that, hap- that was going on. Uh, they passed a continuing resolution that would fund the government through March 23rd. And that provision also included some very important changes to the current cotton and dairy programs that are associated with the 2014 Farm Bill. Missouri Farm Bureau has policy supporting the inclusion of cotton into the uh, traditional Title I commodity programs like ARC and PLC, and this bill made that happen. It also set a reference price for cotton. And then in addition, we also support changes to the margin protection program that has really not provided a lot of support to dairy farmers across the nation. And so this bill actually made a lot of the changes that Missouri Farm Bureau had policy on. So we were very pleased to see that pass, and we look forward to seeing the 
the baseline implications that that may have for the upcoming farm bill. Yeah, I guess that's really the biggest uh, question mark coming out of this from for us as far as ag policy goes is how it, we were glad to see those changes get into the into the budget um, into this bill, but. What do you think the implications are um, for the actual passage of the farm bill? Is that going to make it more likely that it happens or less likely that it happens on time? That's kind of the question of the day or maybe even the year. Um, You know, it's no surprise that cotton and dairy were two of the biggest commodities that were really pushing for major overhauls in Mm -hmm. the upcoming farm bill. And with the deadline for the FY 2014 farm bill, or excuse me, the 2014 farm bill expiring September 30th, So what that does is it frees up baseline in the farm bill, but it also, you know, some would argue that that provides less incentive to get it done because they've got those major hurdles out of the way. My personal opinion is that I think there's still an appetite in the House and Senate to get that done before the deadline. Mike Conaway, the chairman of the House Ag Committee, has reiterated several times that this provides a lot of help in writing the farm bill and that he still intends to get that passed out of the House, hopefully in March. So um, at this point... You know, I think we're still on track, uh, but I do think we have a narrow window of opportunity. You know, it is a midterm election year and things start moving a little slower in Washington as you get into the summer months. And so I I do think that there's still an appetite to get it done, but that we are nearing um, our narrowing window of opportunity. Yeah, I think you're right. It 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 is going to be a very quick uh, closing of that window once uh, once the summer starts to arrive and I think that a lot of the incumbents are pretty nervous about this election season. And as soon as things start getting um, close to to the campaign season, they're going to stop doing anything substantial. So um, we're we're probably looking at just a few months here or else it's just going to end up getting extended past the election. Yeah. You know, honestly, I don't think anything would really surprise me at this point. (laughs) I I do think that there is going to be an effort to get it done before the funding expires. Um, however, I would I would not be surprised if we are looking at a farm bill, you know, even into later 2018 after the election or 2019 as well. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Well, the other big news that came out of Washington just earlier this morning here on Monday um, is the proposal from President uh, President Trump regarding the long-awaited infrastructure package that he's been talking about mm-hmm. for well over a year now. Uh, we saw that. He proposed a, a total of uh, $200 billion in uh, federal funding that would be added to uh, what's currently spent on infrastructure. And then also he was hoping that that will spur about a trillion and a half dollars of growth, I believe, mm-hmm. in um, total infrastructure spending. Have you had, uh, had a chance to look at what that might mean for rural America? Absolutely. Well, I haven't had a chance to comb through all the details just yet, but a couple highlights that I think are going to be of importance to our members. Uh, First of all, the president's uh, infrastructure plan includes approximately $50 billion to be specifically allocated uh, to rural communities for rural projects. So Mm -hmm. that's a pretty significant amount of money and something that, you know, we're definitely interested in um, learning more about. Another thing that I think is of interest to our members is the president has proposed to cut the federal permitting process. Mm -hmm. Currently, it can take several, several years to get those projects approved and done. And he'd like to cut that, I believe, to about two years. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would really speed up a lot of, you know, the implementation of a lot of these projects. And I think that could be very, very helpful for economic development. Yeah. And I also saw that just a top line um, statement in, in his proposal and a summary of his proposal 
on his uh, whitehouse.gov website today said that they're proposing a one agency, one decision um, mm-hmm. plan, which is instead of right now, which one of the biggest problems we have right now is you sometimes have five to 10 different agencies you yes. have to go through and they're all just as frustrated with one another as you are with them. And they're uh, wanting to consolidate that into a single ag- point agency for each project. I think that could make a huge difference for a lot of uh, infrastructure projects moving forward. You're absolutely right. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, one other quick item that that came out since we last spoke is that President Trump has announced a new nominee for um, the Rural Utilities Service. And it's somebody that we're pretty familiar with around here. That's true. Yes. So the president um, announced that Ken Johnson, who is currently involved with Como Connect here in Missouri, uh, has been tapped to re- lead Excuse me, the Rural Utilities service. So we were very pleased about that. As many of our listeners know, and if it's your first time listening, you you may know or you may not that Missouri Farm Bureau is very, very interested in rural broadband deployment and getting some projects to those underserved and unserved rural communities. Um, so we think that Mr. Johnson will bring a really unique perspective to the Rural Utilities Service and hopefully uh, bring some expertise on those issues. Yeah, and his project that, that uh, Como has done is something that we've talked about for a long time as being a national leader, not just a, a leader in Missouri, of a way to get it done, to get broadband infrastructure um, to the last mile across rural America. It's not just a local example, it's really a national shining star. And I think this just proves that uh, that, that was right. He really has shown that they, they have been one of the best in America at getting it done. And having him in the, in, in the USDA, in the federal government, showing them how to get it done nationally will make a huge difference, I think. Absolutely. Missouri's been very fortunate this year to have quite a few good nominees uh, in the Trump administration. So things are this is these are good times for Missourians You're in, absolutely in rural right. areas. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Spencer. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and look forward to seeing what happens this week. Sounds great. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Right. Thank you. Once again, wanted to remind you that the legislative day for Missouri Farm Bureau this year is going to be February 27th. That's coming right up here. If you haven't registered yet, please do so by contacting Shelly Stevenson at the home office or BJ Tanksley. Let them know that you're going to be coming. We've got some great speakers lined up, and we're going to be heading over to the Capitol and visiting with legislators to let them know what's important to Missouri Farm Bureau members. So do not forget, February 27th is the date for that. We appreciate you listening and look forward to talking to you again next week.